0: Hello, Facebook.
1: How are you doing today? Here we are again with um my cousin, my wonderful cousin, Brian. How are you guys doing?
2: Happy Sunday, everyone.
1: So Brian and I are very excited about today's show because we have two very intelligent and bright women on the show today. Brian, would you like to do the introduction?
2: With absolute pleasure. Sure. I'd like to introduce Tony Courier and Robin Foster from the International African American Museum, which will hopefully be breaking ground in South Carolina in 2020, they head up the Family History uh, Center that's going to be part of the new museum. So they're going to be here to tell us a little bit about the museum, a lot about the Family History Center, kind of what you can expect to find there, re- records, resources, and kind of you know what's going to make it. Uh, a unique and uh, interesting space. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome both uh, Robin and Tony. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Hi. Excited to be Hi, here. Guys.
1: <laughs> How are you guys doing today? This is so awesome.
3: We're good.
0: We're doing
1: fine. That's great. So Brian, do you want to start off the um, the questions? And you know, what-
2: I will do. So, okay. um, I can open this either to Tony or to Robin, whoever wants to jump in. Can you tell us a little bit about the the IAAM, the International African American Museum, and then kind of tell us how your department, the Family History Center, kind of fits into the overall scheme?
3: Sure, sure. So the International African American Museum is under development right now in Charleston, South Carolina. And the site where the museum will be built is actually sacred ground. Uh, Gadsden's Wharf is where so many enslaved Africans who disembarked in South Carolina actually took their first steps on American soil, North American soil. Um, More than 41% of the enslaved Africans who were brought to North America were brought to Charleston and that's where they took their first, first steps. So this is truly sacred ground and uh, we hope that the site will become a pilgrimage for those with roots uh, in South Carolina. And so many people do have roots in South Carolina, number one, because 40, more than 40% of the enslaved Africans were brought in here, but also because after the, the Atlantic slave trade closed, Um, the domestic slave trade uh, began and took off. And during the domestic slave trade, South Carolina was actually a large exporting state. So there were many, many people who were enslaved in South Carolina who were taken all throughout the New South, you know, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas. Um, And because of that, and planter migrations where planters moved and then also took enslaved communities with them. Because of that, um, so many African-Americans in America today have at least one ancestor who came from or through Charleston or South Carolina. Sure. So it's a very significant so actually, site.
2: So actually kind of in a way, it's, that really is like our kind of, um. Ellis Island, as it were. Well, you know, it's, yeah, that's,
3: you know. <laughs> definitely it's been compared to that. Um, we hope that the that the site will become a site of pilgrimage for people who have roots in South Carolina to to be able to stand where you know your ancestors stood is an amazing thing to have that like, ground under yes, your feet. Yes, it is. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: it is. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. So, Tony. um and and I, Robin, I want you to do this too. Why don't you guys tell us something about yourselves and how you you got involved into this particular thing? So, who wants to go first? Since Tony just got finished talking, Robin, why don't you um, start off?
0: Okay, I'd um, I'd say my start for with family history was in 1985. I started helping other people. And I also helped myself. We um, starting with oral histories, was, it was more important because we have to know where to start. We can't just jump in, jump online. Back then, you couldn't even go online to <laughs> get much at all. So we were going to family to find what we wanted. What we wanted. We, we filled out pedigree sheets. You know, they were just on paper, and Gradually, like in around nineteen hundred, nineteen, uh, around nineteen eighty, nineteen. I'm sorry, nineteen, uh, ninety, and around then we started embarking on it, going online a little bit. I did a research with Family Search then. Okay, um, I was uh, affiliated with the Family Search or family but.org. Okay. For made from 2009 until about 2016. Okay. And I was helping people all over the world and the training that I got was, was good. I can help anybody with their research. It doesn't matter whether they're researching, you know, wherever they're, they're researching, I can help them. And, um, I had my stroke uh 2016 and the neurologist that saw me said this to me and he would this is I want you to know what the neurologist said. There's two things I'm not gonna forget God and family history. So I was happy to hear that, and I'm back into it now, and I and I think I'm I'm more into what we have to do now than I was before because I don't do anything else but that. Wow,
1: I know that feeling. I definitely know that feeling. So, um, Tony, what about you? How did you get started, and and what brought you into the uh into the fold?
3: Right. Well, my work started at uh, the University of South Florida. Um, I was studying anthropology there for my master's degree. And uh, my area of concentration actually was um, historical archaeology, public archaeology and interpreting uh, the past for the public. And we started a a, um, website there called the USF Africana Heritage Project. And we began gathering documents and putting out tutorials on how to do African-American genealogy research. And then more and more, it seemed that our work was becoming focused in and around Charleston because the area is just so foundational to African-American family history. So we ended up uh, starting Low Country Africana. That's when Low Country Africana was born and we have been here for 15 years. Um, Low Country Africana is our non-profit organization, and Robin and I um, do a lot of work with Low Country Africana. It's a free website that's uh, dedicated to African-American genealogy and history. So we've been here working in this area, between Robin and me, we've been here working in this area for, I've been 15 years, she's been Twenty twenty-five, Robin. About that. Twenty-five. Yeah. So, um, so when the museum came along, uh, we were contacted by them, and we are now currently working to establish the Center for Family History at the International African American Museum.
1: Wow! Wow! That's awesome,
2: Frank. Well, the question the question that I have is: uh, you have a very, very popular Facebook group for the IAAM. And what I you know, what I really get is the sense of the commitment that you both have to it and the passion that you have for it. You know, you're always sharing incredible resources and it's just it's just really, really brilliant. And I'm just curious what um what got what what got you so enthusiastic about working with the, the IAAM uh, in particular?
3: Well, just the fact that so many African-American family histories start here. There's just no better place in America or in North America really to have an African-American genealogy research center. And there's no place better than in the International African-American Museum that's situated right there on that sacred ground. So it just, it all makes sense to us. Um, We we love the approach that the museum is going to take to interpreting African-American history. And then our center will allow the visitor, the patron, the visitor to the museum to personalize their museum experience by interacting with trained research assistants who can help them research their own particular strand of American history and how their family helped to shape American history.
1: Wow. So, um... Let me say this before I go any further, because we must, must, must acknowledge our fan base. We always say hello to them. They always tell us where they're coming from. So I want to say hi to Barbara and everybody and Mar- Martha. And then we have Philly from Philly, Logan, and... um. Are you in Hawaii or not? I think you are, but he's from Philly. So we have Hawaii in the house. We have um, just a lot of family. Karen is from Denmark. I told Karen that she really needed to listen in on this show today, so um, because she may hear something she would like, and I'm positive <laughs> that she will. We have, then we always have our family.
3: Thank you, Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Deborah Cross, and these are a lot of these people are family members that, you know, are really coming up and everything. And we have Shelton from Hampton, Virginia, and everybody. So I just want to just kind of say hello to everybody that's logged in so far. And of course, South Carolina is in the house. Camden, South (laughs) Carolina.
2: (laughs) And hello, Karen from Denmark.
1: Yes, 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 and Harold. Given, the,
2: given the time, you know, given the time difference, they're what seven hours, five or six hours ahead of us. Wow. So I'm always, wow. I'm always wow. impressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, hello, hello, Harold too.
1: Yes, Harold is one of yeah. our old yeah. followers, and we have Florida in the house and Definitely. Ohio. Yeah. So yes, we're very, very happy to have everybody in. I just want to get all the comments up. Um. So with that being said, let's get back to questioning. So which one of you guys can tell us more, actually, um, about the Center for Family History? Because that's the she oh, real quickly, Karen said it's 1022 there.
3: PM wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thank you for being up. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for staying up with
1: us. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, I wanted to, you know, let's get into that because one of the things that I learned from you guys when we were doing a prep on the show today, on the show earlier, was the fact that that the IAAM and the Mm -hmm. CFH are two totally different things, but they're connected. Yes. So how do we explain that?
3: Okay, we are actually a part of the International African American Museum. We have our specific roles there and and that is African American genealogy. Our center is, is dedicated entirely to African American genealogy and history. And so we are a part of the larger IAAM, but we have a very specific role there. Um, I can tell you about the records that we have because I've been involved most heavily in in those areas. And then Robin has designed and currently directs our genealogy education programs and our social media outreach. So, So I can tell you about records, she can tell you about genealogy education. Okay,
1: Brian?
2: Well, if you'd like to f- tell us a little bit more about the, about the records that um, sure, sure. I guess that you already have, or that, that mm-hmm. you're planning on adding.
3: Absolutely. So the museum, we're hoping to break ground um, by the end of the year, and then we'll be opening late 2020 or early 2021, but the Center for Family History is already live and is already out there delivering public programming and we already have our website uh, up and rolling. And for our website address, you can reach us on CFH, which for Center for Family History, cfh.iaamuseum.org. And on our website, we have several digital record collections and I can tell you about a few of those. We collect and would love for our readers to um, contribute marriage records, obituaries, funeral programs, uh, records for free people of color. We also have a collection called Found on Family Search, which is where we go on to Family Search, which of course has millions of digitized records. And I, I should say, that they recently added their 1 billionth record to- Oh,
2: wow. To oh, their wow.
3: Yes, it was about two, two months ago, I wanna say. But, um, so Search is an enormous free resource for um, genealogy research. So on our Found on Family Search page, what we do is we go, we search through their holdings. We search the catalog, we search their collections to find record sets that are especially useful for African-American genealogy. And when we find them, we put them on our Found on Family search page so that our readers can find them and go and view them. So we'll put up a little description about that record collection. We'll put up a sample document from the record from the collection so you can see what a sample record looks like and what information it contains. Um, so that's another one of the, the digital collections that we have. Um, on all of our digital collection pages, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a form there where you can actually contribute records of that type yourself. So on the marriage records page, there's a contribute form, et cetera, et cetera. But the three favorite collections of ours and the ones that that we love to add to the most are first our ancestor archives. Um, Our ancestor archive is a page that celebrates the beautiful photographs that so many have of African-American ancestors. And we encourage everyone to share um, ancestor photos with us. And when you go on there, you'll be able to view the family um, stories and photographs that have been shared already. You will also have an opportunity to contribute your own. And when you contribute your own, you can upload your photograph. You can tell us who is in the photograph and where and when the photograph was taken. And then you can tell a story about that ancestor if you like. There's a space on the form that says, please use this space to type as little or as much as you would like to share about this uh, ancestor. And the, the photos that people have been sharing are just beautiful, just stunning. And uh, we invite everyone to to share and archive their family photos on our ancestors archive page. Um, and am I right one... in
2: thinking? Oops, oh. sorry. Um, and am I right in thinking that you don't have to? Your ancestor doesn't have to have come from South Carolina. They could have come from anywhere. That's am I right correct. in that?
3: Yes, that's correct. We are national and international in scope. So if you would like to share a photograph of an ancestor from Liberia or Sierra Leone or Nova Scotia, um, we we welcome that, the Caribbean. Um, So we have records and resources, no matter what your geographic area of research interest is, we have records and resources to help you be successful in your ancestor search. And then another of our favorite collections is our Bible records collection. And here we encourage people to photograph or scan the first few pages of the family Bible that contain the family birth, marriage, death information. Um, Some of these records are in the family Bibles of African-American families. Some of these records are in the family Bibles of former slaveholding families who actually have recorded in their Bible records, the births, deaths, marriages, etc. of enslaved people, of people they formerly enslaved. Mm. Um, and I'm really excited to be able to say that with our Bible record collecting program, we have something to give back. And this is why we're so excited about our collecting program. If you will kindly share, your family Bible records with us, we will send you an archival grade acid-free Bible storage box with archival grade acid-free tissue paper to pad the Bible inside of the box. And we will also send a booklet about preserving your family treasures, not just that Bible, but also your other family treasures. And so if you share Bible records with us, we will send you the archival box to help preserve your family Bible for generations to come.
2: That's That's brilliant.
3: We love it. And you know what? We've had a lot of people take us up on it. Um, We have, and just some beautiful, you know, those old Bibles can be so ornate and just stunning. And so many people have shared just beautiful images of their family Bibles. And it doesn't matter if the records from your family Bible are from the 1900s or from the 1800s or where they are from, we welcome you to archive your family's Bible records on the Center for Family History's website.
1: Okay, well, we have a question from um, everybody is loving it. You got that. This is awesome. I'm excited. We got a lot of things like that. But there is one question from um, Shelton Tucker. He said, will the Bible records be indexed?
3: Yes, eventually they will. We will have a, a record database eventually. It's not something that we will have this year, because it takes some planning and it takes quite a few months to actually develop that. Um, but yes, eventually every record that's on the IMCFH website will be in a searchable database. Now, as they are now, you could go on an individual page, for instance, and on the marriage records, you can search the marriage records and you can search any keyword. And if that keyword appears in one of those entries, it's going to bring it up to you. Same thing on all the other archive pages. So wow, can,
2: that's, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
3: And then finally. So I've got a. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, finally, is our USCT pension files collection. <gasps> and this is going to be at the heart of our research collection when we open we are acquiring USCT pension files for our patrons to research in. And as we receive them, we're actually abstracting them, all of the testimony, everything from within that file, and then we go and we collect um, images of certain, of certain uh, important pages in that. For instance, the statement of the veteran about how he joined the military, et cetera. Well, we're so excited about this because more than 5,000 African-American men served in the USCT in South Carolina alone, 5,000. And so you almost can't do African-American history um, and genealogy without addressing USCT pension files.
1: So basically what you're doing is the same thing that the Daughters of the American Revolution has done for the American, you know, those who, the Patriots. Yes. And really yes. kind of setting that standard. And now you're doing that for African-Americans.
3: That's right. That's that right. is awesome. Oh, we're so excited.
0: <laughs> and tell, make sure you tell them how much those usually cost if you go
3: and get it yourself. Okay. Yes. yes. Those records, he's Scott Shepard. I see you <laughs> commenting. Um, those records are available on paper at the National Archives. And um, when you order from the National Archives, it generally costs uh, $80 for the first 100 pages of the USCT pension file, and then 70 cents per copy for every page thereafter. Well, if you've worked in USCT pension files before, you know some of them, most of the ones that we have are over 200 pages. Some of them go you know, up in the 300, Pages. So if you order from the National Archives, you're going to spend anywhere between $200 and $300 to obtain that file. We have a vendor vendor who will go in and scan the USCT pension files for us and and scan uh, the entire file, regardless of the length, for a set price, which is so lovely and we're so grateful. Um, and full color scans, and then arrange that file and send it to us in a PDF file, the entire file. And it's just That's unbelievable. Impressive. Yes, and it's unbelievable. some of the stories that come out of these USCT pension files, you learn about people's lives before, during slavery. you learn about their family, family members who lived and died during slavery that may not be recorded. Anywhere and certainly aren't recorded in a census.
0: And it's good for me because people like myself who doesn't have a U.S. pension person, you know, you can read the other other people's and get glean some of your story, even if you don't have a person that in your ancestry yet.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So, so given given this information, because I have not found. Mm-hmm. A U.S. A U.S.C.T. person. Okay. I, I, at least I don't think I have, not mm-hmm. personally. So, how does a person go about, um, even searching something like that? Like, what would make them say, "Okay, mm-hmm. I think I have a, a someone who was a part of the Color Troops"? And and let's say, let me make sure for those that don't know what it is, even though I'm dealing with a very intelligent group of people, USCT stands for United States Colored Troops. So what they're doing, first off and foremost, I I, as as a new employee at the Daughters of the American Revolution, I find this just fascinating because this is what they do at the DAR. This is, they they literally compile all of this information about different patriots. There are still new patriots being found and, and things of that nature. And um, they compile all this information and use the information so that people can then connect themselves to them. Yes. So this is what you're doing. This is the exact yes. same thing that you're doing. So- yes. I'm getting ready to start looking for my USCT person.
3: We can help (laughs) you. We can help you on our USCT Pension Files page. uh, Right at the top of the page, there's an article uh, called Did Your Ancestor Serve in the United States Colored Troops? Here's how to find out. And we take you step by step through the the various ways that you can uh, search to find out if you have an ancestor who served in the United States Colored Troops.
2: Oh, but they are amazing records because again, on my you know my one of my father's great uncles in Virginia found his found his uh, details on that database. Um, and then, you know, a very interesting story started to emerge. You know, he, after the Civil War, he became a Buffalo soldier, got a, got a chance to access those records, went over to the Philippines with Roosevelt as part of the Spanish-American War. Wow. So, I believe, when, when they're saying that these kind of records, the USCT records, can open up whole chapters you know nothing about in your family history, mm-hmm. it's not an understatement. Mm-hmm. There are there's some nuggets mm-hmm. of gold in there.
3: Mm-hmm. There was a file that one of our readers um, ordered uh, through us, and uh, we delivered to her recently. And she said she was discouraged and about to give up her family search because she had hit a brick wall and just couldn't seem to find any more information on her ancestors. This USCT pension file tied together all those mystery items of information that she's been collecting for 30 years. It brought them all together and made sense of them.
2: Yep. That is good. Oh, have we lost Anya? No, I'm back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay. You shut me off for a, for a minute, play. I don't know um, I've scared. got a question for you. Um, When I'm researching my free people of color, Mm -hmm. one of the most, especially in Virginia and North Carolina, one of the most invaluable things is obviously they had to go to a courthouse, they had to register as free, they had to explain why they were free, and it Mm -hmm. also gave um, really essential information about their family, who their parents were, at the very least who their mother was, Mm -hmm. if they were a parent themselves, who their children were. I have never been able to find anything like this in South Carolina. Really? I have even written. I have even written to uh, archives. Mm-hmm. I've written to um, kind of the the county courthouses, going, mm-hmm. "Have you ever heard of these records for free people of color in South Carolina, and where mm-hmm. can I access them?" And people don't know. So I'm gonna so. If you come out, if, it's kind of unfair. If you can't answer this now, I'll, I'll understand, but hopefully I could touch base with you. Mm-hmm. Do you know if South Carolina made free people of color register in a yes. courthouse?
3: Yes. There's
2: okay.
3: the, yes, there's the state free Negro capitation tax, which was taken yearly for free people of color. Um, And those records are on four microfilms that are available from the South Carolina uh, Department of Archives and History, SCDAH in Columbia. But there are a lot of other places where records of free African-Americans appear, particularly in the Charleston area, in court records on uh, the court records in South Carolina are a goldmine for researching yes, they are. free African-Americans. So um, there were various laws passed at various times throughout the history of South Carolina that were designed to regulate the freedom and the commerce of free African-Americans, particularly after the, the, um, the revolution in Haiti, the um, Denmark Denmark Vesey um, conspiracy in the 18 uh, 20s here. And so those laws required people to register themselves with the court. And so you are going to find those registrations and and often just so much information about their families in the court records in South Carolina.
0: Wow.
1: Wow, that is wow. <laughs> and if you look oh, okay. on our...
3: Yeah, if you look That's- on our um, Records for Free People of Color page, you'll see a lot of those court records on there.
1: That's cool. Okay. I'm actually kind of looking through the IAMM page now, and it's it, it's really awesome. Um, Brian, did you want to read something from the – you getting ready to do that? Or, no. Um, okay, well, we have one person who has a, um, a, a testimony, and I believe it's Scott Shepard. Hey, Scott. He says, um, yes, wait a minute, I lost it. Okay, there it is. Oh,
2: I've got, I've got it. Do you want to read it?
1: I got it. Well, I can read it. You can read it. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. It says, yes, the USCT pension files I received reveal so much tied in with other records. I now know the service member's family back to his grandparents and can almost connect them to others even earlier in late 1700s. Wow. Pension records are awesome. And um, then we have another one, which was Karen. I told you, Karen, we would have something up here specifically for you. She said, I would like to contribute a will of a relative who died in Edgeville, South Carolina in 18, eight, 1804. It contains an accounting of his possessions, including seven Negro slaves. Their first names are, not, are listed, not more. Can I send this to you? I see a form for uploading Bible records. Is there another form to fill out for wills?
3: Yes, Um, we have a contribute records page on the website. And let me just give you the address of that. Um, It is cfh.iaamuseum.org and then a forward slash, contribute photos or documents. But if you go to our digital collections, which you can uh, access in the upper toolbar and just scroll down to that menu that pops up there, the very last um, item on there is contribute photos or documents. And if you click that, it will bring you over to this page where you can uh, submit every type of record that we collect. Oh,
1: right. I am posting this. Little, this right now so that everybody can see it. There it is. Um, that's the site for that. This is so awesome. And you know, we forgot to let you guys know that people will definitely be asking you questions because we get our viewers. Um, someone personally wanted to say, Tony, this news warms my heart. Fantastic job. Oh, this is the real Oakley T. <laughs> And um, then you have Karen smiling. She's loving it. Uh, we have Carolyn Brentley, who also loves it. And Karen says terrific thanks. So now that we've spoken with um, Tony a lot, let's get on Miss Robin. Oh, Robin.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, you, <do>. you,
3: you, <laughs> yes read, you read
2: my mind. You read my mind. <laughs> yes, Robin, yes. if you'd like to tell us um Talk us through some of the kind of educational things that you're going to be organizing and doing and the kind of educational opportunities that people can have.
0: Well, the first thing that you can get involved with now is reading the blog because, I mean, there's 60, 64, I think, blogs. But each one of them you can it will help you with what you're doing. They're, of course, in different places, Okay but there are things that you have to do all right um, like death records how do you find the death record there's a blog on that but along with death records you can you can find out obituaries okay you can you can find the cemetery okay There are a lot of things that you can do. Uh, just starting out. One thing that I would say, I know a lot of people down uh, getting the family talking to you, but you've got to get, whatever you do, get the family talking. The oldest living relatives. See, this is how I started out. They might have some wrong things, but I haven't found any wrong in mine. From my grandmother, her sister's Cousins, whoever is living. They're, these people, are, for me, are all gone, but I researched them at the time. Then, now I'm left with cousins who are like my second cousins. And you get as much information as you can. The, you have to imagine. You can go to a church in in the area where you're researching. Find the church. Go there. I, I talked to a man who was at my great-great-grandmother's funeral. Mm. He remembered it. It's, a, it's just mind-boggling. Wow, that's awesome. a little bit of information, okay? Now, once you do all that, you're constantly doing that because you're constantly finding people that know your family. But... You can also interview people that you meet that were living around the area. You're going to get more from them than you are, than you would if you just, if you get go online looking for paper, go online looking for records. You've got to get that before they're gone because you won't have it when they're gone. So I ple- I tell you, please get that. Yes. Now, some of that information will help you. Okay? It'll help you. You can go on family search, you can go on ancestry and you can start, but that's 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 good resources, okay to do. But when I, I lived in Illinois, I dreamed of walking into a, a library where my ancestors lived. And I did it. I did it for one, one place. I did it in lots of places, but I did it in Greenwood. Nobody in the family could help me with Greenwood. All there, all there was was what I had gotten from uh, interviewing. I went to work for the library, the genealogy department in Greenwood. I did it to help them, and I did it so I could be there. People walked in, they told me more about my family than I knew myself. Wow. They did and I didn't even have to go there but I wanted to find out as much as I could. I picked up a book in that library in that Greenwood library. I picked up a book written for white people, sorry but they're written for white people but it told about a cemetery that was a cemetery for black people now if i never picked up that book I never would have known and i and i researched that cemetery people that worked in the library with me that one name James jim ravencraft he knows the cemeteries he knew of of Save All Cemetery. That's where the family members were buried. But see, I don't research just my family now. I research the people that they knew because the people are looking for their family and the people that they knew that knew my family, they were important too. We have to look at the community they live together. They yeah. work together. They went to church together. Yeah. We're masons. Okay? And we have to look at the whole thing.
1: So, Robin, let me ask you this question because you have family out of the Greenwood area. Um, my family is just, it encompasses all of the 96th District in one way or another. So, we're, we're Brian and our family covers all six areas. Abbeville, Newbury, um, all of them, Lawrence, all of that. Orangeburg, Spartanburg. We, we cover all of that, but Greenwood is especially uh, good to me because, well, not good to me, but it, it brings up some questions from me because of the fact that when my mom and them, when I first started asking the questions, my mom and them did thought that their father was born in Greenwood. But they didn't know that he wasn't until I did the research and found that he was born actually in Edgefield because he was born in 1894 and Greenwood wasn't, you know, established until 1897. Wow. So That makes me know that the postal changes and all of that stuff that was going on once Greenwood was created, a lot of my family was living right there in Greenwood. You are talking to two group, two people who definitely believe that the entire area is related. Do you believe that?
0: Yeah. You see, you see, what you have to understand is there are different places, right? But just think of the church, for example. Wherever they went to church, they were related and let's put it this way. They Saw the people in Greenwood that went to church. Yes, different places. They interacted with each other. Okay. Now, Abbeville was was instituted, and it was before Greenwood, right? And they turned to Greenwood. It, you know, it in 1897, Abbeville was broken up and Greenfield wood was formed mm-hmm. okay but back when we were just in Abbeville, the people in Greenwood we co- we related with them we knew them mm-hmm. when I the reason why I found it out when I was working at that library in Greenwood you had you had people from Edgefield researching in greenwood
2: mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Well, for me, it kind of makes sense, because I think it's something that Don and I have really tried to stress when we're talking about genealogy and doing your family history research. Our families were part of a community, and when you're talking about a really remote, really incredibly rural place, like South Carolina, parts of North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, no matter where you are. When you get when the place is that rural it tends to be very social yeah and when you look at the when you look at the enslaving families whether they were the big enslaving families or the moderate you know the moderately sized enslaving families you know they didn't have televisions they didn't have movie cinemas or any of that stuff they would just pop by and, and visit each other they didn't go on their own you know they would take some of their you know their enslaved population with them to i guess you know do whatever they had to do But these people were also related to one another. So we're talking, you know, even though it seems like a really remote, sleepy kind of community, it really was kind of vibrant. When you're talking about just the white side of our family who were all related to each other in one way, shape or form, didn't stop marrying their cousins or marrying each other. So by the time they started having mulatto children, all of that interrelated European DNA was introduced into the African population who kind of mimicked what was going on on the white side of the family, they started marrying their cousins. Everybody's having like 10, 12 kids. So you said, you know, once people start kind of spreading out, um, that DNA is just kind of mixing, remixing, and like we said, within a couple of generations, most of the county is gonna be related to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And most something, you know, and
0: something that I wanted to say is you have to understand, and and I'm I'm speaking the truth, okay. There is prejudice, okay.
1: Yes, but it in is. these
0: communities, these people you wouldn't know. They don't act like that, okay. White and black get along. They they live together. They came up together. You may have one or two that are not uh that are separate, but in the communities they are together let me find out
1: robin is preaching on this show this to this afternoon okay because that was so powerful in what she was saying and you know it has everything to do with why most genealogists, and I'm gonna step out there and I'm gonna include not just me and Brian, cause I know what Brian and I do. We're learning what Tony and Robin does, but I'm talking most genealogists in general. They understand that there is no difference between any of us at any point or at any time. And it's, point, and it's making them start to show, look, this is what we know. This is what we've learned. There's no stereotypical African-Americans having a whole bunch of kids because white Americans was doing the same thing. There's no stereotypical um, one, one particular type of race is, is violent where others were just as violent. I mean, we're talking the place that we, are, we all come from is Edgefield. Y'all know the nickname. It's Bloody Edgefield. It wasn't like that for nothing. It wasn't said that for nothing. So, you know, these things, this is what we're trying to do. This is what this show is about. What Robin just said, literally, it just epitomizes what we are trying to do as a whole, as a group, as the four of us together, as genealogists as a whole. I think I'm safe in saying that this is our goal to prove and show and and make people understand that racism only exists unless you allow it. It only exists unless you allow it.
0: When I was looking for my family, there's nobody that was black around that helped me find that. They were all white. And you have to understand, we were together. In, these, in this, we work together. We have to work together. And we be an example to, to others.
1: That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's, they, that's absolutely a cemetery, true. Uh, uh, you, you hear me talk about. There were black people that helped me to take care of that cemetery, but there were white people too. Brian?
2: No, I was going to say that's what Robin said is absolutely true. I mean, I think about the number of times, you know, working with uh, newly newly found white cousins, um, both on my mother's and my father's side of the family, and actually working to, you know, they'll say, look, you know, I'm not sure if I've got the right set of parents from our five, our five times great-grandfather. And it's like, fine, you know, let's take a look at it together. Kind of like how Donnie and I work a lot of the time, like other cousins of ours that we've had on the show, like Sharon and Loretta. Um, we just, we're on the phone and we just go, go through the records and we start picking at things. And it's like, that makes sense. And I'm not necessarily so sure about that. and challenge, Challenging each other in the, the nicest possible way. Um, but just working collectively, because we're, we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. We all want to have correct trees that have the right records attached to the right people. And, you know, to get, to get the, as much of a person's kind of history and story that we're ever going to be able to get for, you know, people who are, you know, <laughs> basically dead for a long time and can't, you know, and really, really can't speak for themselves
1: right yeah. and most importantly is to bring them back to life and everybody no one wants to be forgotten you know i mm-hmm. i um there was a um i think it was um i can't remember the name of it but just recently i think in, in around thanksgiving of last year a animated film came out and it was actually about ancestors and this guy with you know this young boy who was trying to no more. It was. It had something to do with the Hispanic Day of the Dead and all that stuff. But what they pointed out was that during the Day of the Dead festival, this was the time where their ancestors could actually come and visit them without... I mean, they were there. They, Of course, they didn't see them, but this was the day of remembering them. And in remembering them, it was bringing them back to life. Well, the problem is, is that for some of those who had passed on... If they are not remembered after a certain amount of time, they completely disappear. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what that was about. So our goal is to bring them back, is to make sure that everybody remembers them and knows them for who they are. And unfortunately for African-Americans, that's really hard to do. Or those older ancestors that were enslaved where there are no records on them at all. So, you know, that's what this is about. We're about finding that information and connecting them to our white family members. So that they can then understand what the culture was and what the thing, you know, what was going on between the two, and hopefully bridging that gap that has been there for so long, for so many years. I mean, that's what this is all about. I fell in love with that movie, and it's sad. I can't think of the name of it. Coco, thank you, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah Singleton says the name of the movie is Coco. So, um, we have some, let's do some of these um, comments. Um, Stephanie Sankofa said, we also break down myths as well, such as in Maryland, the European DNA was brought in by white female indentures more than the white male slaveholder. That is a definite one that is, you know, we're starting to learn about and Barbara Elam says she agrees with a, a lot of the things that were what we're saying. A number of her family is also included in the 96. Um, Robin, you have one that, uh, that's directed straight to you by Martha Marshall Taylor, who I actually just found out I'm related to through the Brooks family. She says, Robin, you did the, the Fairview Cemetery cleanup and restoration. She has DNA connections to the Percivals.
0: So I mean, very good. See, that, see that that work was dormant now, but since I am writing the blog, I'm taking it because I know this. Listen, it's eight hundred and sixty some odd people buried in Fairview. That place is was just in bad shape, and it probably I don't know what it's like now, but every name was put on face run, find a grave. Wow, that's awesome
1: And then Scott Shepard says I think every person has some record About them, we just gotta find it And
0: that's true too Mm -hmm. You see, tomorrow I'm going to Lander I'm going to get I forget it's 1886 Or 18 whatever voting records. It's the only place I can find voting records in, In Lander University Okay And you see I'll write about those. Mm, that's awesome. And in the, in the blogs will be where you will find ideas for for, for, for your family.
3: Mm-hmm. for your own research. And I have to say, Robin and, go ahead. I'm sorry. Robin is one of the finest genealogy educators in our country today. Wow. And we are so honored and privileged to have her on the team and um, her 64 tutorials that are already posted are available 24 seven on any of your devices on demand.
0: Just, We'd like for you to one thing that you don't do yet. At the bottom of everyone is a challenge. I don't know if you're understanding unless you do the challenge and talk back with us on the Facebook page. I put the challenge because I really want to know if you understand what I'm writing. That is how I know when you do the challenge. So is the challenge at the bottom of the blog? Every every blog has a challenge at the bottom.
1: Okay.
3: It's called Sharpen the Saw is yeah. the section. And yeah, I'm she, actually, for it. she invites the reader to apply what they have just learned to their own family research and then tell us about it in the Facebook group.
0: Because you might have had a problem and we could help you with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You might have gotten and you can show I found it. Here it is. That is we've got to see the feedback. Well, that's awesome, Brian.
2: I was going to say that also sounds really good because it sounds as though you're getting people to kind of think about and evaluate their research strategies, yes. um, which is something no matter what stage you are in your research is, is always a really good thing to do.
0: Yes. That's
1: awesome. So why don't you guys, because we are, man, this has been yet yeah, just another, this show I think is, um, this one kind of Choked me up a little bit. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want whoever
0: said they related to Percival to contact me. So, because huh? sure she knows to contact me. Okay. Um. Who was that? That was Barbara? Barbara. No, that was
1: Martha. That was Martha. She said that. So, Martha, she wants Board you to contact
0: her. group. Join. Join. I. 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 A. A. M. C. F. U. And contact me. And that's that. That actually leads right to what I was getting
1: ready to say. You guys have a Facebook group. Um, we've already posted your website. So you want to tell them a little about your Facebook group? I'm actually posting the link to your to your Facebook group right now. So who wants to talk about that,
0: Tony?
3: Robin. Um, okay, Robin. we've got, a, we've
0: got a page, and that is center of her family history. That's a page. That's one thing. We've got the group, which is I I A I A A M C F H. That's the group. Then we've got, for the USCT color troops, genealogy. What is it, Tony?
3: Genealogy of the United States Color Troops.
0: And see, we're constantly watching that night and day. Because if you have a problem, we want to be there to help you. And all of these are Facebook pages. Yes. Wait a minute. What well, the first one, Senator Family History one, is the Facebook page. The other two are groups.
1: Okay. So I'm pulling that one. I want to share. I'm going to try to get all of these done. I, I I just shared the group page, so everybody knows you can join these groups, and they will, you know. Are there questions? Because I know right now you, you have questions um, for these different, you know, sometimes you have to ask quite you can answer questions as to why. So do you guys, you know, require people to answer the questions?
3: No, they're not required to answer the questions. There's some Robin has included several questions when you join go ahead robin and tell them what yeah that's
0: that's basically the ba- to let you know about that there are people that join groups and they don't have the right thing in mind they they you know they're not they're not a, they're not any of us okay that's just to weed them out that's what those questions are
3: <laughs> but it also well, helps- again,
2: I guess not you know not not to be fun. Funny about it we're living in curious times you know it never occurred to me that people would create fake facebook profiles to do whatever they're <laughs> going to do with them yeah so you know you're, you're just doing your due diligence due diligence that everyone that's joining the groups are actually real human beings and have a gen- genuine interest in the um, the subject right because
0: and when you belong to a group you want to feel somewhat safe
3: Mm-hmm. And those questions also help us to learn about our, our uh, readers, our members research. Because one of the questions is, are you a beginner? So we, we can get to know you and know where you are in, in learning your skills. And then um, the other question is, where are your ancestors from? So that also helps us to plan what sort of resources we want to gather from those areas.
0: And then when you come in, we there's a place inside of I A A M C F U where you can say what what are your uh, family you're researching.
2: No, mm-hmm. like I said, I am a huge fan of the the CFH group. As I said, you guys just on, um, your enthusiasm, your passion for what you do really, really comes through. And, uh, you know, you're always sharing really interesting resources and articles and, and blog posts.
0: And, and we notice so, that, yeah, we notice that people like that. We, they want, they, every day they want to find something new, something mm-hmm. that is useful for them. And we want people to know that we're there. We're not just, you know, in and out. We're there all the time. Somebody's there
2: yeah I know there's been a couple of times you guys have had to do some some heavy duty moderating <laughs> so you guys definitely kind of jumped in there straight away but hey so I said you know myself included when you have a really busy Facebook page or Facebook group you know it's it's what you have to do um someone who was it it was someone made a really good point about critical thinking I'm trying to find out who that was ah. Barbara McLeod was saying that, you know, when it comes to doing genealogical research, critical thinking really is important. And uh, for quite a few of you will know, especially the the last uh, article that I've written, I'm doing a lot of research about my Virginia family um, going all the way back to the early 1600s along the James River. So the very first settlements. The very first estates, plantations, whatever you want to call them, uh, a lot of my father's mother's maternal family, they, they were there from, you know, John Rolfe all the way down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank you for those of you who shared that article. Thank you so much. That was one called Ghosts in Our DNA. Um, because even though I knew that I'm related from at least two of the 20 at odd, not related, descended from two of the 20 and odd Africans who were here in 1619, Gowan and uh, the Cornish families. Mm, There's a group of us, we share DNA connections that suggest that we share ancestry from some of the other 20 and odd who no one knows any idea who they are. So it's just a matter of the segments that we share, the commonality of them the, the lengths of them because again that's that's a that's a real lost chapter of our of our history is the fact that i think now we only know seven or maybe eight of the f- surnames of those 20-odd africans who were here and uh, the brilliant thing about that um the article is it's gotten people thinking about their research strategy their research skills how they're going about doing it but even better than that it's got We've developed a group of African descended people, Native Americans, and um, Europe, you know, majority European Americans, all working together going, oh, you've got Woodson? I've got Woodson. Actually, you know, I've got a Woodson will that isn't digitized. I don't even know if it's, you know, online. You know, people are, really, people are being really, really helpful, um, sharing with, you know, and being really kind of forward about sh- sharing, you know, sharing what they know. Uh and it's really it's been a privilege to kind of see that fall into place and um kind of take off. So, you know, anything that we can do to kind of get those kind of balls rolling or those conversations started is a, is a brilliant thing.
0: Um also So
2: Don Oh go ahead. I think Donnie is still trying to join us. She's having some technical issues at the moment. <laughs> go I ahead. You know that
0: I've I've known I'm talking about relationships between just South Carolina all over South Carolina, okay? I've known that Greenwood was always been related to the people in Charleston. And if you've you've watched my last two blogs, i proved it. But the Palmetto leader talks about every one of the places, almost, in South Carolina. If you are wanting to, to research, if you're researching, for example, in Lawrence, go to that Palmetto leader and put in Lawrence, and see what you get. You'll get articles for Lawrence, and it's going to be about it. May be about Masons. It may be about a church. It may be a maybe conference uh, issues. But you've got to, we've got to look at, at this as not separate places, entities far away from each other. Okay.
2: Well, no, that's true because, again, we're talking about very large families that were spread out even within a state over a relatively large geographic area. So, you know, we were talking about the Williams before um, the show went live. You know, we know we've got Williams family members all the way from Charleston going all the way down to northern Georgia.
0: Yeah.
2: Because, you know, they had, as I guess, the, the better land got taken or was already owned. The younger children, especially the younger sons, had to move further. You know, if they wanted to get into farming, they had to move further afield. They had to go to the lesser populated areas, the areas where the land didn't cost them so much. You know, and if their parents gave them, I don't know, five or six enslaved people, you know, in a community of five or six enslaved people, they would take them with them, you know, wherever it was that they went. So there, you know, I think one of the frustrations that sometimes I have work. Uh, working with people is a very blinkered mentality going, I'm only looking at Edgefield. Yeah. I'm not related to anyone. Else. I'm not related to anyone in Abbeyville, And it's like, uh, yeah, you are actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it just uh, If they were living in Abbeville, for example, and they were going to school, they might have gone to school, Benedict or Allen University in, in, Cal, in, in Columbia. That's why it's related. Guess what? my great great my great grand uncle okay he went to Fayetteville he was in Fayetteville but he wrote for the Palmetto leader that's what I'm trying to say and he wrote weekly articles for the Palmetto leader from Fayetteville and he was from Newberry he went to uh school in Benedict. He graduated and he and got other schooling. But he ended up in Fayetteville, the University State University, as a teacher of economics. And he taught the people in the Palmetto Leader. We have to look we have to look more broad with what we when we're researching.
2: Exactly, which is, you know, something else that we recommend, you know, when you're looking, when you, you should, we should always ha- make a habit of going back to earlier census returns that we may not have looked at for a while, and just start looking at people that our families, our immediate family members were, were living amongst, because again, mm-hmm. these you know are going to be family friends, probably people they went to church with. When you're talking about South, where well, we come from in South Carolina, nine times out of 10, their family in, so, in some way, shape or form. Um, and again, it's, it's all about, for me, it's not just finding about my ancestors stories. It's also uncovering the story of a community, the history of a community. Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why does Edgefield have a distinctly different flavor than say Charleston mm-hmm. or Columbia? Or Lee County, because you know, even though those counties may have similarities, they do have some distinct differences, yeah. and those differences actually shaped our family—the kind of experiences they had, with that, you know, what they what they went through. So well, I'm back. <laughs> hello, my ma'am. computer
1: has been acting extremely ugly. Um.
2: So I was going to say, before we wrap things up, does anyone have any other questions for, for Tony or for Robin? You guys are being there's very quiet. Nothing,
1: <laughs> there's nothing popping up. That's because this was just really um, a very powerful show. This was a very powerful show. Did you get these? Because my computer shut off, um, but I'm glad the thing kept going. And um, I don't really see you guys, but I see online that you are still there. Mm -hmm. So um, it's there is one. Did you see the question from Philly from Philly Logan? Brian, do you do you extend what uh, do you extend to Pennsylvania County, Virginia?
2: Oh, my father's ancestry covers all four corners, including Pennsylvania. What a, what an attractive name. <laughs> I, I'd love to know who that county, who or what that county was named for. <laughs> what, Pennsylvania? <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but yes, in all seriousness, I, I do have, it's again, one of the many Virginia counties I have very, very deep roots in. Um, with the usual suspect families—Ball, Spencer, Motrin, Andridge, Washington, Jefferson—you name them, they're all there.
1: Well, this show has definitely been one that has um, brought out some things that needed to be said. And and, and Robin, you just kind of you 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 know you brought church home from, with with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you not like me because of what I say, but I always say what is true. And what has to be said?
1: Yes, I'm sure. And you know that. And, and and as long as you continue to be you and to do who you are, there is nothing that can stop you. So, uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for um, really coming on the show and giving us such a powerful show. Brian and I have really been trying to do really well with, uh, you know, getting good people on and i i'm I don't know i think between you guys and the, not that all of those that came on wasn't good but this show right here this was i don't know Brian what do, what do you think
2: Dave um, i've enjoyed all, all of our all of our special guests yes for me, I, I for me this was a real opportunity to learn a little bit more about what what it was that was going to make the IAAM Uh, different from other existing kind of African American museums and a a lot more to learn about the 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 family family history center
1: yeah yeah
2: because you you know that when Donnie and I come down to South Carolina to do research because we've kind of exhausted what we can online for um for Moses Williams you know we're going to be swinging through
1: Yes, we are. Yeah.
3: Come see Yes, us. we are.
1: <laughs> so um, everybody is up here saying thank you. It was a great show. Um, Karen Bertram said, not a question. Just a great big thank you to all of you. And an extra thanks to Tony and Robin for their years of effort documenting African-American history. Um, then Philly from Philly Logan. He says, wow, mine as well. In fact, three churches in my neighborhood have people from that area. Um, then we have somebody waving to Tony from, <laughs> from New Orleans. And Harold says, <laughs> <laughs> uh, "Harold says, thank you very much. Mary Wright says, yes, thank you. I guess she's agreeing that this was a great show. Um. Just everybody saying, oh, Charmaine, our cousin, saying hi to, to me and Brian. And hi, just, Charmaine. Yes. Just everybody. Just really wants to thank us all for this, this awesome show. This was a very good, great show. So, Brian, you want to talk about what we're gonna be doing next week? And well, not next week. Mm-hmm. Um, week after next. And the fact that that after- that will be our last show yep. for the season. We're wrapping up a
2: season. Uh, Isn't
0: that awesome?
2: That's awesome. Well, <laughs> before one final shout out um, to my to my friend Kathleen so hi Kathleen thank you for joining us oh. um, our next the last show of the season which will be in two weeks uh, we are having the beyond kin people come on uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with what the beyond kin projects all about you can google it I uh, will also provide the links but it's a it's a way that you can add information from slave deeds, from probate records that list enslaved people, onto services like Ancestry.com, uh, Family Tree, uh, fa- and the Family Search Family Tree Builder. It's a way to it's a, it's an approach to making that kind of information available, setting up in a family tree kind of format. It has been invaluable for me, especially in terms of researching Moses Williams, finding 15 of his 45 children. I've also been doing it a lot with my, you know, the uh, James River in Virginia, uh, genealogy uh, research that I'm doing at the moment. Uh, let me tell you, uh, I don't want to say it's all kind of fun, adding about two and a half thousand enslaved people from just one family, the Woodson family. Um, on my family tree, Uh, but I did it, Starting to work with them and started starting to make some some surprising and some really quite interesting kind of discoveries doing that. But yeah, this is your chance to actually hear from the people behind the project. Uh, I can't wait for them to be on. I think it's gonna be a really strong show to kind of end the season with and we hope that it inspires you as much as it's um, inspired us.
1: Yes, most definitely. And then after that, but it, just because we won't be having a show, it's only going to be for a month because we'll be coming back in October and we'll be coming back strong in October. So until that time, you can go to our genealogy YouTube page and look at all of these shows, get caught up. So if you haven't, or if you know someone who wasn't um, able to be a part of these shows and they want to get into season two well then start at season one get them to the genealogy youtube page and then go from there and we will be back in october so um until till next week we still got one more show though like brian said. so until next week let's um I'm Donya. I'm Brian and this and is show. We thank you guys.
2: Thank you for sharing your Sunday with us.
1: All right. Thanks, Tony and Robin. You were great. It's been an awesome show. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye.